This podcast from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. Faith Bible Church is a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry dedicated to bringing the good news of the gospel to the whole world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now for this week's message from Pastor Alan Battle. The scripture reading today is taken from various verses in Proverbs. The simple believes everything. But the prudent give thought to his steps. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go, go on and suffer for it. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. When a scoffer is punished, the simple becomes wise. When a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Every prudent man acts with knowledge but a fool flaunts his folly. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Crush a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his folly will not depart from him. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Drive out a scoffer and strife will go out and quarreling and abuse will cease. Do not reprove a scoffer or he'll hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They they do abdominable deeds. There is none who does good. This is the word of God. We're continuing in our series on the wisdom literature of the Bible this morning. And we're currently taking a topic each week from the book of Proverbs. Last week we looked at generosity, 
We saw how God desires generosity from his people. In the Old Testament, generosity was mandated by law. But just giving wasn't enough. It had to be done with the right heart. And in the New Testament, giving is no longer under the law, like the tithe. But those, who heart, those of us whose hearts have been transformed by the gospel, we become the generous people that God has called us to be. And this is because we've been given a new nature. And we're becoming conformed to the image of Christ, who is the epitome of generosity. Who, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Second Corinthians 8 9. So this week, as we continue to acquire wisdom from the Scripture, to conduct our lives in the way that God has designed for us to live, uh, we're going to learn how to be a wise person by looking at the opposite, the fool. So we often define something or someone by what they're not. You might describe a modest home as unpretentious or an honest, sincere person as guileless. There's a whole branch of ancient theology known as apophatic or negative theology that describes God solely by what he is not. For example, God is uncreated, or he cannot lie. Well, the book of Proverbs gives us many examples of what it means to be wise, but it also has many examples of the opposite of wisdom, foolishness. Here's a couple quotes uh, from outside the Bible that I liked. Wise men speak because they have something to say. Do we have that slide on? There we go. Plato. Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools, because they have to say something. (laughs) And then here's from Benjamin Franklin. Wise men don't need advice. Fools won't take it. So, And I've been waiting for the opportunity for this ever since I started this series. So, oh, I pity the I fool! Pity the fool. <laughs> I pity the fool! <laughs> I always think of Mr. T when I think of fools. <laughs> so today, I want to look at a few different kinds of fools. There are several kinds of fools mentioned in Proverbs, and they all come from different Hebrew words and have different nuances of meaning. So we're going to look at the simple fool and the hardened fool, the scoffing fool, and the defiant fool. Each one is progressively more foolish than the last. So first, the simple fool. Other translations might use the word naive or ignorant. Um, It's where we all start in life. At the root of the Hebrew word, for simple is the idea of an open door. It's just there's no, they, they can't discern. They just let everything in. And so this uh, person is uninformed intellectually and stunted emotionally. 
And it's not someone with a low IQ. It's someone who is ignorant. There's a difference. But his ignorance is his own doing. He drifts along without taking time and effort to learn wisdom. It's not a person who doesn't know anything. It's a person who is open to everything. So Proverbs 14:15 says, "The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps." This is a person with strong opinions, yet uninformed opinions. And I think we're seeing the fruit of this kind of foolishness in our nation today. I believe that this has been caused by the failure of our education system to actually teach the simple. From a biblical perspective, it's the job of the parents to teach young people about life. But we've increasingly abdicated the responsibility and have allowed the public school system to, and the popular media to shape the worldview of our children, which both are radically secular. And it began a long time ago. It began over a century ago with John Dewey, who is known as the father of modern education. And he developed a system called progressivism. And Dewey was an atheist and a socialist. And he denied that there were any transcendent moral values, that truth is what society decides it is. And he believed that in order to have a truly democratic society, that Christianity had to go. And it took a 100 years, but this vision of his has been realized. America's public schools are now thoroughly secular, and God is not allowed. And one of the features of progressive education is the loss of critical thinking. Children are indoctrinated with the prevailing orthodoxy and the prevailing secular orthodoxy instead of being taught to wrestle with ideas and think for themselves. Uh, My daughter, Kendra, was homeschooled and she said to me several times, I'm so glad you taught me to think for myself. That, uh, that thrills my heart when she says that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this is what that verse warns against, that the, the simple fool believes everything, but the prudent give thought to his steps. We need to teach people to give thought to what they're bringing into their minds. Simple fool is the one who has not been taught in the basic biblical truths of right and wrong. And therefore, they're gullible, and they'll believe anything. And what are some of the foolish things that they're being taught through the schools and through the media today? Well, they teach that all truth is relative. There is no objective truth. There's no solid, established truth, except apparently for the one truth that all truth is relative. Ask them if that's true. They teach that a child can have two mommies or two daddies. Uh, They teach that a man is a woman or a woman is a man if they feel like they are. And they teach that a baby is just a collection of cells unless the mother wants to have the baby. Such foolishness brings pain and can be deadly. Look at 
Proverbs 27:12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. And this one. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. When you turn away from the reality that God has created, you're going to find yourself running into walls and walking off cliffs. We must live in the world that he made, not the world that we concoct in our minds. John Wayne captured it well, I thought, with this. Life's tough. It's tougher when you're stupid. (laughs) But there's hope. There's hope for the simple. Um, He's the one that Lady Wisdom calls to her banquet at the beginning of Proverbs. If he turns aside to her banquet, then he will learn wisdom. The very next verse says, But whoever listens to me, Lady Wisdom, will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Now, sometimes the fool learns from others' mistakes. 21.11 says, When a scoffer is punished, the simple become wise. When a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. So the simple sees the consequences of another fool's action, and then he learns from it. But more often than not, he's got to learn for himself. So 27.12 says, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Pain is God's gift to get our attention and bring us to himself. But There's another kind of fool in Proverbs, and I will call that the hardened fool. He's worse off than the simple fool. The hardened fool is sure of himself. And he isn't interested in what others have to teach him. Proverbs 28, 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Not only does this fool ignore and discount anything that contradicts his own opinions, this verse implies that he's walking into a trap. See, the wise person will see it coming and avoid it. Then hardened fools are proud of their foolishness. 13.16 says, Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. They flaunt it. You ever watch the Jerry Springer show? There were a lot of these kind of fools on that show. Right? I love this guy's fashion choices. They would go on national television and proudly proclaim their various infidelities and then fight anyone who dared challenge them. That's foolishness. And hardened fools repeat the same mistakes over and over again. They're stuck in a cycle of error. This proverb gives a particularly disgusting metaphor for that. 26.11, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. I don't need to say any more about that. Hardened fools are so blinded by their love for sin that almost nothing will convince them to give it up. 
It says, crush a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his folly will not depart from him. It takes a lot of crushing to get this guy's attention. 17.10 says, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows to a fool. And that reminds me of the Alcoholics Anonymous principle that you have to hit rock bottom before you can look up. These kind of fools blame everything but themselves for their problems. They blame their parents. They blame society. And they even blame God. Now the next level of foolishness is the scoffing fool. And the prominent characteristic for this fool is arrogance. Look at 21-24. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. This is also translated as mocker and scorner. Um, And it literally means to make mouths at. I think of the toddler that goes, (laughs) That's their scoffer. They might do it more sophisticated than that. but This person flaunts his unbelief. He enjoys it. It brings him pleasure to speak against the truth. It says in Proverbs one twenty two, the second part of the verse, How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? They delight in it. And then scoffers reject authority. And it begins with their parents. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And this is all too common with adolescents. I, I, I was there. Uh, many of us think our parents are idiots until we grow up and realize that they're pretty sharp. Um, this kind of fool doesn't just want to do his own wrong things. He wants to stir up trouble for other people who are trying to do the right thing. So we are all advised in Proverbs 22.10 to drive out the scoffer and strife will go out and quarreling and abuse will cease. Gossip and innuendo are the tools of the scoffer. They enjoy causing division. I have a friend named Carell who used to manage the Pier 1 import store here in Reno. And when our daughter Stacy went to work there, she came home and she said, they have a rule there that's strictly enforced. What's that? No gossip. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? And she was serious about it. (laughs) She's a wise woman. So if you oppose the scoffer, though, watch out. Um, it says in Proverbs 9.8, Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. And this isn't just a, a blanket command to never challenge a scoffer. It takes wisdom to know when you should respond. And sometimes we just don't cast our pearls before swine. But if you do confront them, be ready for some consequences. Their hatred is often shown in malicious deeds. 
Proverbs 9, 7. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. The scoffer will come after you. He'll do everything he can to undermine you and neutralize you. And this is the engine of today's so-called cancel culture. Have you heard that term? They go after people that aren't politically correct. Sometimes they're called Twitter mobs. And people lose their jobs and their relationships over these kind of things. And then here's a particularly scary warning to this kind of fool. He's going to receive back from God just what he gives out. It says in 334, Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. Now one of the ways that God scoffs at scoffers or scorns scorners is by preventing them from seeing the truth when they persist in their scoffing. So 14.6 says, A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. Romans says they become futile in their thinking and that God eventually gives them over to their sin. This means he can't see the most basic facts of human life. He sees everything through his own perverted lens. And he can't understand righteousness and goodness and faith. And he attributes faults and evil motives toward good people. You see this in the gay marriage debate where they go after people, good people like Jack Phillips, the, the cake baker. Um, and they celebrate the evil that others do. Again, in Romans it says, they are given over to depraved minds and give hearty approval to those who do the same things. It's a dangerous place to be. And the last fool is the culmination of all foolishness. I call him the defiant fool. He's only mentioned a couple times in Proverbs, but he is best described in Psalm 14.1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. This fool is wholly given over to rebellion. The Hebrew word for this kind of fool is Nabal. Does that sound familiar to you? Remember in 1 Samuel, David encounters a man with that name? He's called a wicked man who no one can talk to. And when Nabal refused to give David help, when his men had protected his workers and his flocks, David got angry, and he was going to kill Nabal. But Nabal's wife, Abigail, went to David and interceded. And she said, Please pay no attention, my lord, To that wicked man, Nabal, he is just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. In the end, God, not David, killed Nabal. There's no hope for this kind of fool if he persists in his rejection of God. But for anyone who will repent, there's life. The constant call in the book of Proverbs is for the fool to forsake his foolishness and to get wisdom. And how did they do that? 
in Old Testament times. Well, remember what it says in the beginning of the book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is an act of faith. It's an acknowledgement of our utter dependence and allegiance to him as our Lord and Master. But how do fools become wise now that Jesus has come and ended the Old Testament law? I'll let Jesus tell you himself. Matthew seven twenty four. Everyone who hears, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. Great was the fall of it. So all who refuse to listen to the words of Jesus are foolish. That's harsh. It seems harsh, but it's true. Only he has the words of eternal life. But what are these words that he is talking about? Well, he had just told them just before this that you must enter by the narrow gate. Jesus is the narrow gate. He's the only door to eternal life. And just like in the Old Testament, you have to enter through that door by faith. Let's go to Hebrews in the New Testament for a confirmation of this. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Impossible without faith. You might agree with the morality of the Proverbs and try to live by them. You might even believe that God exists, but without faith and trust in the one who gave that wisdom, it will be worthless in the end. The Bible clearly states that there's none good, no, not one. None of us can live up to the standard of the law. There's only one who did that. It is only by faith in him that we can escape our foolishness and become wise. And there's only one way to please God. That's by faith. A faith that responds to his gracious invitation to have our sins forgiven through the substitution of Christ who died on the cross for those sins. It's only by grace through faith that a person can come to God and be saved. And it is only through that grace that we can shed our foolishness every day. Uh, be honest with yourself. Did you see a little bit of yourself in any of those Proverbs this morning? I did. But the gospel works to eradicate the foolishness that's still in us even after we're saved. It's only the gospel that can deliver us from foolishness. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 18. And there's a, 
A long passage here where Paul talks about wisdom versus foolishness. And he begins with this. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. This is for us who it says are being saved. It's an ongoing process that begins with our initial repentance and acknowledgement of Jesus as our Lord. But we continue to appropriate this forgiveness every day. If we confess our sins, he will forgive us our sins and keep on cleansing us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 But we're not finished looking at fools yet. I have one more fool for you. That's the fool for Christ. There are a lot of ironies and paradoxes in the Christian life. And one of them is that once you become wise unto salvation, you become a fool in the eyes of the world. Paul tells the Corinthians that he himself is a fool for Christ. And he urges them to be the same. Let's continue in that 1 Corinthians passage. Uh, verse 20. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. This is our calling. As long as we're here in this life, we're here to be witnesses of the wisdom of God and to confound the world's wisdom through the folly of our preaching. We're here to preach this message. It seems so foolish to the world, yet it will save those who believe. So don't let the so-called wise of this world intimidate you. The gospel is powerful enough to overcome them. Jump down to verse 25. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord." Fools boast in their folly. We boast in the wisdom that God gives us. So let's be the biggest fools we can be for God. And we can help the truly foolish become wise. Let's pray. Oh, Father, there's so much in these Proverbs that we need to take to heart. Father, deliver us from our own wisdom that we might rely on yours. Lord, give us the strength to 
overcome the world through the foolishness of your preaching that we might see many come to know you or that they might be saved and that they might walk with you in, in true wisdom. So Father, we commit ourselves to you now and we ask that you use us for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching of God's Word from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you and that the Word of God will fill your hearts and minds as you walk through this world. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to make a small donation to help defray the cost of this podcast, just click on the green Support Us button at the top of the webpage. Thank you.